Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People. I'm Rabbi Jeff Dreyfus. So honored today to be with two very special people, Sally Rosenberg and Judy Bierman, who co-lead our Embracing Judaism class here at Temple Israel. Um, Judy is outside of Temple, is currently the Director of Health Services and an RN at St. Mary's Girls School here in Memphis. And she is currently working on her um, licensure from Duke University in health and wellness coaching for healthcare professionals, which is also a mindfulness program, and she can talk a little bit more about that. And Sally is the one and only lower school Spanish teacher at St. Mary's as well. So not only do you work together here at Temple, but also uh, from, I was going to say 9 to 5, but I guess it's really 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. or something like that. But uh, both of you, welcome to Torah to the People. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks Thanks for for having having us. (laughs) We've been teaching together too long. A long time. (laughs) Well, let's begin by just before we get into this topic of embracing Judaism, of um, how you wonderfully shepherd um, our conversion students to uh, to Judaism, just share a little bit about how you uh, came to be connected to Temple and um, what excites you, what drew you to uh, want to work with conversion students. Okay. Um, so... Thank you, Jeff, for having us again. Uh, so let's see. I'm a temple, and um, I my children are seventh generation temple members. Wow! Um, but uh, we grew up in that classic reform style, and I remember taking Hebrew with a Cantor Schwartz, who you won't know because you're way too young. But uh, and I loved it. But then you had to stop taking Hebrew at a certain point, like I don't know, third or fourth grade, and I wanted to keep going. But the only way you could do that was to become a bar or a bat mitzvah. So I told my mom that I wanted to become a bat mitzvah, and she said, oh, we don't do that. But I guess I nagged her enough, and she talked to Rabbi Danziger, who was the, he was here with Rabbi Wax at that time. And finally, I got to have a bat mitzvah. So I think my Jewish journey started really young, and I was the fourth bat mitzvah at Temple Israel ever at Poplar Montgomery. Wow. I think my aunt, Beth, uh, Beth Levine, was the second. So there you go. So, and I didn't even know, I, I remember I got a gift in the mail, and, and I'm like, what's this? Mom's like, well, you get gifts. And I'm like, you're kidding. You get <laughs> gifts? So um, anyway, uh, you know, my Jewish journey through high school, I really enjoyed classes by Rabbi Danziger, by Leo Bierman. Um, and so I, I enjoyed the, the intellectual element of Judaism. 
But, you know, as far as practice, it sort of you know, went by the wayside through college, although I did have some satyrs where I was the only Jew um, at the Seder. Um, but after coming back home to live here, after working in Texas for 10 years, um, I really, really started embracing Judaism myself. <laughs> My uh, Judaism, I'm a Jew by chance, as Rabbi, uh, Rabbi uh, Micah always says, when I had a kid. So it's just, it was uh, maybe the only godly moment I can ever think of. It was, it was a God moment, for sure, when you have a baby. So um, I started sort of self-educating, 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 and um, Micah had some sort of experimental, renewally, um, brav, shakta, shalomi prayer sessions that were really fun. Uh, I started the, I started uh, Tashli here. I started the, um, I started the Rosh Chodesh here, and. Um, I had some other classes in between. I had a thing called a Torah Talk and Walk, where hmm. women came and we, on a, on Sunday morning, we would talk the talk while we went on a walk. We talked talk the parsha, um, and um, anyway, so just learning on my own, and uh, sometimes teach Torah study. Um, I just think it's 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 more it's not a, it's more than a religion. There's this cultural piece, the peoplehood piece. Uh, I feel very connected to Temple. It's my home. I've tried other synagogues and other places. They just, they, no, nothing measures up in my mind, that is. Um, and so, and then also, I wanted to reinvent some things. So I'm the mikvah lady at the Beth Shalom. Hmm. And I have written mikvah, I want to say, ceremonies for anything that you could imagine, whether it is I'm having a baby, I'm weaning, I'm... Um, what do they call it? Croning. I'm, um, I'm getting a divorce. I'm gonna. I just got out of the hospital. I'm going into the hospital. Not just your regular monthly immersion or your regular um, wedding immersions. Um, pretty much for anything that you could think of. I'm coming out, et cetera, et cetera. So I do all of these things, and I will say that in my life, uh, the things I do Jewishly are the things that fill me up the most. Mm. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to just highlight, you said what first drew you to Judaism is the intellectual piece, the wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. um, but and, and that really appeals to me as well. And if you go to rabbinical school, you can study Jewish texts for five years straight. It's a pretty <laughs> good gig. But um, later in life, you had these different experiences of um, the God moment when you had your first kid, mm -hmm. but of prayer, of um, being in community, of being a part of a culture. And I'm, I would love, and I, and I know we'll talk more about this in a few minutes, with your embracing Judaism students who don't grow up as a part of this, not exactly a religion, not exactly um, just a, a set of beliefs, uh, it's it's not exactly uh, a race. Uh, well, maybe we should not touch that one. Uh, but uh, there's there's so many different aspects. Well, we do have some genetic components. So. Certainly, certainly. But I'm reading the Daf Yomi too. I have to say that I'm reading a page of Talmud today. I'm into my 
I'm two years plus in. It's fantastic. Highly recommend. So much I'm finding out of what we do is from that. Right. And I also always have to have one book, one Israeli book going at a time. What are you reading now? Um, I am reading all the all the rivers right now. Hmm. Who wrote so, that? So, oh my gosh, I don't remember. Oh, that's okay. We, I'll you can let Google you know it. after. You can Google it. We'll we'll drop a link in the show notes mm-hmm. too. Okay. So, I guess what what I was getting at is I'm sure I'm curious to know, and we'll, we can talk about this a little bit later. What appeals to people to get them interested in coming to Judaism? Is it the intellectual piece? Is it the spiritual piece? Is it the moral piece? Because so much about Judaism is action. Right, so uh, I just appreciate that you highlighted that for you and your personal story. It's so many of those different pieces. Well, after Judy tells her story, we'll tell you about that because it is—it's vastly different for for different people. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've heard so many stories. After this class, we will have um, almost eighty people that have gone through. Oh, I think our more. class. I think I think we were counting eighty. We we're in this. We we're in the sixties when we were planning the trip, and yeah. so. With this ginormous class. Mm. Mm. Well, so let's let's move on to you, Judy. What? what uh, how did your connection to Temple Israel start? Okay, thank you. Thanks, Rabbi Jeff, for having us, and for highlighting our work here at Temple. It's really important to Sally and I um, what we do. So I um, was on a spiritual journey. I was raised Catholic, and I hit my teens, like so many teens, and wanted to find my own thing. And I started um, church hopping back there in, in the 70s. I just, I just aged myself. Up there in Minnesota. <laughs> in Minnesota. And, um, and never found anything that I really felt comfortable with. And so I was in nursing school, and I, I met a young man named David Bierman. Heard of him. Yes. <laughs> so it's interesting. I, we didn't, you know, when you're in college, you don't say, oh, I'm Catholic, I, and oh, I'm Jewish. You know, you're just going out or whatever. And we ended up at a boys' camp. He, he went for years to Camp Nabagman, and I went there as the camp nurse. And so we got to know each other there, and I started realizing, oh, Judaism. And then thinking back, I had friends growing up that were Jewish and loved being at their house, hanging out with them, um, Cheryl Goldstein, um, good friend when I was growing up, and um, I started studying. And back in the early 80s, there was very little, um, there was no Amazon to order from, there was very little literature to find to, to really learn. And so I had to do most of it on my own because at our university there was not a Hillel, there wasn't a real Jewish community. and. Um, so my study really began hard when I moved here to Memphis, um, and David and I were getting married in November, and I started working with um, Rabbi Harry Danziger. And then it was an intensive um, time of learning, and I converted right before our marriage um, in 1983. Mm. And then Rabbi Harry, in his um, sneaky wisdom, um, asked me to start working with leading class for other people who were going through conversion. So that started in the 80s. And it was a real um, more social learning, experiencing experiencing group, um, kind of loose. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't as structured as we are today. That continued through most of the assistant rabbis under Rabbi Rabishah, then the Feldmans and Grossman, and then Katie Bowman, I was working with Katie um, doing a, a class, 
And she kind of put Sally and I together, oh gosh, 10, 12 years ago now. I think we're on our ninth official class. So about 11 years ago, we started joining forces because Sally had been working with students independently right. um, in study sessions. Right. Um, so Michael would send me, we were getting, Temple was getting so, so much interest, people wanting to convert that they would just, they would dole them out. <laughs> to people to, to sort of tutor and mentor. Mm -hmm. Mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I was sent to the um, Outreach Fellowship Program at HUC in 2000. And um, it was a many-week course at the university. Um, and they trained us on how to do this. I was part of the Outreach Committee all through the 90s. It was a national organization then um, through um, Union for Reform Judaism. Um, spoke at many biennials on outreach and um, conversion, helped write um, the idea books. There were the idea books that came out in the 90s, and I helped write three of those. And they were pretty much programming. Um, 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 and then the Taste of Judaism series started, and I helped work on that program to get it started years and years ago. Wow. But that was back in the 90s and early 2000s. And then um, I, once Katie Bowman, Rabbi Katie Bowman, got involved and put us together, but then we took what I was doing in the past and Sally's ideas, and then we created this year-long course. I never did a year-long course before. And, so, and she was president of Sisterhood. I'm oh, sorry, I, I, that, I know your resume. That was, <laughs> that was so many years ago. During that time, I was also president of Sister, our Temple Sisterhood, which is a fabulous organization. And you've both done so much for Temple, for this community, before coming to this and dedicating so much of your life and, and love and time I to this, too. I have to say, too. one thing that really helped me, too, I, um, um, Michael Danziger and I led the Gesher LaKesher program here for high school students, where we trained 11th and 12th graders to run peer leadership program programming for eighth and ninth graders. And um, a lot of that training has helped put together this adult program. Really? And um, just how we, how we even structure a class, how we check in, and we have um, reading um, assignments, and all the, the, the pieces of the class um, running the Gesher LaKesher program with Michael Danziger years ago was very helpful in that. Wow, so that, that class, uh, shout out to uh, Ziggy, Rabbi Michael Danziger, who just got uh, hired as a senior rabbi at, at the temple in um, Nashville. Nashville. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna be right down I-40. We're so glad yeah. you're back in Tennessee, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Mazel Tov. But that class, I have to say, is one of the reasons I am a rabbi today. Really? Um, Anna, so your daughter Anna and I are the same age. I mm -hmm. don't remember if we were in the same pod, but uh, Barry, Dan, and Lauren Lazar were my madrachim. They were my okay. teachers. And I was just uh, so inspired right by them and how cool they were. They were in 12th grade, I was in, or maybe Barry was in, Barry was in 11th grade, Lauren was in 12th grade um, when I was in eighth grade. But what I loved about that, and this speaks to what you were talking about earlier, Sally, was, oh my God, Judaism is a place, and Temple is a place where we can have these serious intellectual conversations about topics that really matter, about our feelings, about different things, but also about just like very deep intellectual topics and um, I became really interested in, wow, this is a forum and a place where we can talk about the things that really matter. And so thank you for helping to create that. It's the place, it's Hamakom, you know? No, I, I, it is a great place, so. 
Well, that, that made me really excited that you just said that, that, that Gesher Kesher made such an impression on you. That, it did. That was hard work, I have to say. Anyone who works with high schoolers, um, they're blessed. I mean, <laughs> they, it was hard work. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, amen. So let's talk a little bit about the program that you two created together, this more formal mm -hmm. um, conversion, which we call uh, Embracing Judaism, not to be confused with our intro to Judaism class, which is called Exploring Judaism. But so how, do, how does our program work? If somebody comes to Temple and says, I'm interested in um, becoming Jewish, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they start with a rabbi. You come to Temple, you call the Temple, and you express your interest, and you start with a rabbi. And you work with that rabbi, and when they feel that you're ready and um, your commitment level is there, your interest level, your time commitment level is ready, then they are um, assigned into our class. But before that, they have to have taken exploring Judaism. So there is a prerequisite course. Yes. There's a 101. <laughs> and then, you know, and then embracing is 201. And then the rest of your Jewish life, maybe when you become a B'nai Mitzvah, we're going to plug that for you. Um, Thank you. Uh, that's your 301. There so, you go. Um, but yes, that, that's how it works. But usually the rabbi sort of takes, you know, takes some interest, gets to know the person, um, and, you know, during the time that maybe they're still taking, exploring, still mm -hmm. deciding whether they are going to be um, put into the embracing. So you can't sign up for embracing Judaism. Right. You have to be put into embracing Judaism by a rabbi. And then you continue to work with that rabbi throughout their whole study. While we're in class with them, then they're meeting with their rabbis also. When they're done with our class, um, then we pass them back to their rabbis full time to continue and finish until their conversion. Um, our class is a year long, so we start before High Holy Days in August, and we um, go until June, and then we usually have some social event midsummer. And the class is designed to follow the Jewish year. So you're experiencing the Jewish year, you're experiencing the year Jewishly with a cohort that becomes your community, yeah. which, as you know, is one of the hardest things for people to do coming to Judaism if they're not marrying somebody who's Jewish. So creating, creating a, a family uh, that you connect with that is experiencing what you experience is really important. So we do that. Uh, we introduce them to all the things that have to do with Judaism. We take them to the mikvah. We go to the cemetery. We have Shabbat dinners at our homes. In we, your own homes. In our own homes. We have Havzalah in our own homes. We, we have watch. Jewish holidays yes, and festivals. all the holidays. Oh. We just did a cooking class Yes. This last I saw you unloading the matzo ball mix right. uh, from <laughs> right, your car. Right. So we just um, did a cooking uh, we class. Have, you have to say the sukkah in Sally's yeah. sukkah. They build my sukkah and they eat mm -hmm. in my sukkah. Mm -hmm. So um, so you get some free labor out yeah, of it, I, I call it the Tom Sawyer sukkah. You know how he got everybody White else wash? to whitewash the fence? So it's the Tom Sawyer sukkah. Tom Sawyerstein sukkah. There you go. Um, so, and we it, usually do a Passover cooking class in, mm -hmm, in my home. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. They have, uh, Judy brings them here for second night Seder, if that happens. And um, uh, so we, we do all of the Jewish holidays, we have them practice. When they come to our houses for Shabbat, 
they all light the candles, they all say the blessings, they, they have studied and gotten ready. The same for Havdalah. Um, so we're trying, so it's, a, it's sort of a how-to Jew class, <laughs> right? And we also hear, Judy's so good at this, Judy checks in with them, tell, tell, tell us what's going on, what's going on, anything happened this week, somebody might, and we say, you know, what happens in embracing Judaism stays there mm -hmm. because people are opening their hearts. Somebody might say, oh, somebody at work was so disgusted that I was converting to Judaism or, you know. Or, or they're having trouble with their extended family with their mm -hmm. decision. Or they're marrying someone who's going to be Jewish and they're feeling insecure maybe about their their um, early knowledge of Judaism or the beginning level of Judaism. So they're sharing their their worries, their concerns, their their successes. If they've done something Jewishly and they're really excited about it, they're sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. they're, it's, we're really building community. That's a real goal. They also have um, reading assignments. Do they have They two? have a very long list of they reading do. assignments. <laughs> yes. Well, so they don't they, have to read all of those, but the, there's so quite the, a bit to pick from. So everybody has two, book, two books for the year that they're going to share with the class. Mm -hmm. And that way, that way, you know, the Am HaSefer, the people of the book, get they have more reading. If they get to hear the summaries of these mm -hmm. books, and would you recommend? You, you can and, tell. And, and then and they pass them to each other. They yeah, do. They, they do share. That's so nice. I was just going to say, you can tell in the design of this course that you're both educators, right? Yeah. Because it's so much of it is experiential education, mm -hmm. not just they learn about it in the book or, they, or you teach them in a mm -hmm. class, but then you go do it. You, you have them to your sukkah or to your Shabbos table. Mm -hmm. um, and so much learning, no matter how much you learn in the classroom or reading a book, the, the smells, the sounds, the, the feeling that you have being surrounded by other people doing this thing that our people and about to be their people have done for thousands of years, that is such a powerful way to learn. And uh, we did this, uh, we had them watch a Jewish movie a couple weeks ago and, and report back. What did you watch? I mean, we had some Fiddler on the Roof. We had some Munich. We had some, we yeah, had, you know, was it was funny. a wide range. We had to. Well, usually we do that. We do a Jewish movie in our homes and have dinner, but with COVID. Yeah, we, we, had to we, felt, we felt a little uncomfortable. It hadn't yeah. gotten to this place mm -hmm. yet. And, uh, but it was great. And they were, they, every single person yeah. participated. I was so, I was so very impressed. And then if they're doing, have something Jewish coming up, I was just trying to think, if they're going to host something for the first time or they're going to a Jewish wedding for the first time or going to a funeral for the first time, they will check in with us and like, what do I do and how do I do this and what should I wear, what should I say, what should I not say? So um, we, we tell them that we are their Yiddish mamas. They can call <laughs> us whenever they want. Well, that's yeah. so kind of you and generous of you. Well, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing coming into this people. We, yeah. you know... Well, that's what I was about to say was they're, they're really lucky to have a formal process by which they can learn all of this. Because, um, I mean, I went to rabbinical school for five years and I grew up at Temple. But um, at some point, we all know nothing, right? Mm -hmm. No matter if you're born into the most devoutly Jewish family, at some point, you know nothing. And all I, before rabbinical school, uh, even today, if I'm if I go to Israel, or if I was in India a couple of years ago, meeting the Jewish community, and in India, or you go to any country around the world, they have different customs. Mm -hmm. And so even though now I'm a rabbi, I don't know what a certain symbol means or what a certain 
um, prayer that they might say where that comes from or a tradition, a food tradition that they have. Mm. So we're all learning all the time. And we have a tendency to be hard on ourselves and to, to judge ourselves and say, I'm a bad Jew. I don't know X, Y, and Z. When of course you don't, because you never got exposed to it, and, and nobody ever taught you. Now, now add that you've come from a whole different tradition, and you come in and you feel like everybody knows the prayers, everybody knows the songs, right. everybody knows how to make matzo ball soup, everybody knows everybody, everybody is interconnected here at Temple. Oh, so and so is that person's second cousin. On you know all those those big connections that um, having this this safe place to experience, I hope, has been helpful for people. So what is that expression in Hebrew? Na'aseh v'nishma. Exactly. Na'aseh v'nishma. We say it all the time. We say to them, listen, it says, you will, you will do and then you will, wait, hear. we will you, do and we will hear, right? But really it's interpreted as we will do first. So I'll back yes. up. It comes the, from the book of Exodus. You do it first, yes. When um, God offers us the, the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or offers us the, the Torah, and before we know what's involved, what are we committing ourselves to? What do the Israelites respond? Na'asevanishma. We'll do it first, mm-hmm. and only then will we understand. Right. So what we tell them is it's sort of like the uh, Jewish fake it till you make it. Exactly. So it's <laughs> a great way of putting it. So and we, and say, we say that to them too. We say, Just, don't worry. About don't it. worry about a mistake. Yeah. Just like especially when they're learning prayers, you know the Hebrew of it all. They're they're very. They, they want to get it perfect right away, and you just you have to make a million mistakes. And so, and also that you know it's not incumbent upon you to finish the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. So you just have to keep trucking. Do I wish I could read everything, every available Jewish text before I go? Uh, yes, but I won't be able to. Right. So, Even if you spend every moment from here on out, yes, without sleeping, you could you, never finish. N- never. So, so we sort of stress to them, this is, this is not just the way it is for you. It's the way it is for, for me, too. So just live inside of that little bit of discomfort and keep moving. Well, right. I think also the, I, I hate to say this phrase, the younger generation, but people coming to Judaism now, they don't want to just read about it. They want to make it their own. They want to find their own place in it. They um, are much more self-aware and not just following this This is the rope path, but really trying to find their own way through it and, and um, take ownership, I, I, w- I would say. Not that my generation didn't, um, those of us who converted years ago, but we were much more maybe rabbinic-centric, where we were focused on what exactly the rabbi said for us to learn. Now I'm finding the younger people are much more um, independent, and there's so much, so much more, many more places to learn. Also, um, they're listening to podcasts like hopefully this one, <laughs> um, YouTube channels, and you know all these different areas that they're gathering their information. Um, also, we have found that it is hard for them if they are not marrying somebody who's Jewish yeah. to find a place inside of this community mm. to be. So they don't have. They don't get to go home. They don't get to go to grandma's and not worry about it and have the Passover seder. Yeah. Or they have to make a community here. Um, so what we did, and we haven't done in the last couple of years because of of COVID, but they had a mitzvah project. Now that mitzvah project mm-hmm. couldn't be um, go do something at St. Jude unless 
it would, Temple was doing that. So it had to be related to something that Temple was doing it. And one of the mitzvah proje- projects of one of our graduates was the Ge- um, Kesher. The Kesher. The Keshet. Oh, Keshet. Oh, that is one of the mitzvah projects of one of the graduates of um, Helping of our, Temple become a Keshet yes, congregation. Yes, yes. So for Meet those criteria. Of, that's but, what he did. Yeah. So for those of you who don't, aren't familiar, this is an incredible organization, Keshet, which Keshet in Hebrew means rainbow. And so Keshet is an organization that helps Jewish organizations um, and Jewish families uh, be more open and welcoming and inclusive towards people on the LGBTQ spectrum. Um, And they have an organizational and and synagogue certification Mm -hmm. that says we have done enough training um, and uh, do, there's a set of criteria. And be be a safe place and a place of welcome. Exactly, and and of course that's something um, we we hold up as a value. Mm -hmm. And it's something we could always be better at. So yeah, but well, that was one. That was a mitzvah project a from mitzvah EJ. Project. Yeah, and EJ is our short term for embracing Judaism. But now, since since in the last two years, we've had them just join a temple organization, whether it's you know helping deliver meals or helping uh, working with the brotherhood or sisterhood or something else, so that they can once they uh, graduate from our class feel comfortable with a group here at Temple because this is a big place. Yeah. One of our other graduates started the Caring um, the uh, Caregiver Caregivers Caf- Cafe. Cafe. That's another mm-hmm. one of our graduates. Yep. So, so much of what um, we do at Temple is, is enlivened or is spearheaded by people who go through your program. And I think a lot of that is because um, people who grow up Jewish oftentimes don't have exposure to these ideas as adults. You, you, we have a wonderful religious school here um, where people learn so much about the holidays, but you learn about it, uh, or traditions or teachings or whatever, but you learn about it as a sixth grader. Right. And the way that you think about things and understand things as a sixth grader, no matter how great your mom, Miss Mansberg, was at <laughs> teaching it to us. Um, really great. <laughs> which was really great. Uh, you think about things differently. And so when you learn about these as an adult, you get a certain passion, I think, um, in ways that you don't as as a kid. But whether you're born that way, born Jewish, or um, Jew by choice, at some point, all Jews have to make that choice. That's right. You have to choose to be Jewish, even if you were born in Judaism or come to it later in life. Because many a, a born Jew, a Jew by chance, um, can just kind of go through life and just be a... Um, a sideline Jew, you know, it's, I, I come to services every once in a while or high holy days and um, we do holidays, but not really embrace it and, and claim it for their own. Um, and it seems to happen in that 20s and 30s group where, where it's time to make that I'm going to choose to be Jewish uh, right. mindset. Happens. And, you know, th- we've had several, several of the people in our class who have felt so strongly about it and said, I'm going to be the matriarch of my family. I'm the new matriarch. Yeah. And uh, I love I mean, that. we've had some who have married into well-known, um, very active Jewish families, and the the elders have passed on, and our convert, our EJ um, student, is now the one leading that Jewish family. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Wow. It's fantastic. And I do want to say before we move on, Exactly what you said, Judy. We're all Jews by choice, and it's never too late to choose Judaism. Even if right. you were born Jewish, you you grew up at Temple, mm-hmm. 
we want you here. Choose Jewish every day. Come to Temple. We can, you can make your own space and, and join all the other amazing things that are happening. Um, but And Temple needs you. Tem we need you. Yes, it really it takes all of us. Speaking of which, so we do insist that when you graduate and after you have converted to Judaism that you join Temple. When, and I mean it when I say insist. So unless you're moving away, it's hard to say no to Sally. Just, <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're moving away, but, yeah. but, but you are you are not just becoming Jewish for yourself. You are becoming well, part of us and yes, part of our community. We've invested in you, and you now are part of our community. And so that's definitely how it works. And we speak to them about membership before the end, the last class, yeah. and um, um, then once they're um, done with conversion in mikvah. They they can they can talk to membership. That's great. So. Mm -hmm. The other thing to say on that topic though is that um, thank God thank you to all of our members listening. Um, we appreciate your support and your commitment to Temple. But Temple is only as strong as the people who show up, mm -hmm. and it's only as strong as the people not who show up not just to services but to all of the other things that we do. And Temple wouldn't be a place without yeah we have we. We have rabbis, we have a staff, but we wouldn't be a community without our people. And so um, it, you have the power. Every Jewish in, in Memphis um, has the power to make Temple uh, what it is and what, what makes it special. So this week's class is not on Sunday. It is on Friday night. We, were, we are coming to services with our class, and they are bringing any family they want to bring. And after, uh, before services, Judy will take us on an amazing tour of the temple. And then uh, after, we will have two breakout sessions, one breakout session with the family, the family members, and then another break, and then the, the people in our class, people converting, will be in a different room. And they will be asking questions of, of people who have formerly converted to Judaism. And then the people who are family members will be asking me and Judy some questions maybe that they felt uncomfortable asking hmm. their their family member. Their family member. Or maybe the family member didn't doesn't didn't know. know. Or maybe and they no didn't, didn't think to ask. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's it's always been very successful mm -hmm. and people are glad they came and, and glad no question they asked. is off limits. Right. So they can really it's you know, closed doors. They can ask us whatever they want, um, about Judaism, about um, temple, um, anything. Because we want uh, the families, and this is their non-Jewish families, usually. Sometimes we'll get the, mm -hmm. if they're marrying a Jewish mm -hmm. um, um, spouse, they'll come. So this is their non-Jewish family, because we want that family to feel um, that they understand what's going on, that we're open doors, that we're not a cult, we're not going to suck their little their little child into us. or We're not other. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. it is it is important yeah. for them to come here and go, this is... That's so different. And so many of them come and say, I love this. This was, and they want to come back. And that would be wonderful if they came back with their family member who's, who is converting and, and be a part of it. There's the, they will have a role in that, that family too. One of the things that I talk to my conversion students about um, is the fact that their family, the family they grew up in, yes. will always be a part of who they are and who their kids are, right? So right. a lot of people let's say, for example, because most people who come to Judaism grow up in, in Memphis grow up in the Christian community, mm -hmm. and their their parents celebrate Christmas, right? And mm -hmm. so they're like, oh my God, like, 
it's it's a struggle to to balance the tradition that they grew up with and who the tradition it's, they're coming into. It's 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 really going to be okay. It's really going to be okay. And this is how it's going to be okay. So and we this is what we teach. This, them. this is actually one of our classes yeah. is dedicated to you know, living Jewishly in a, in a, in a Christmas, Christmas world. world is the and, name of the class. Uh, so <laughs> so and, I teach this one, and it's it's your family, you're a Christian or, or a Hindu or Muslim or whatever you're coming from, and we've had all different backgrounds uh -huh. come to us, or, or nothing. They're just secular um, Christmas people. Um, but you can, you can join that family for their celebration, and I think it's Rabbi Harry who first said this to me. It's like you go to someone else's birthday party, it's not your birthday, but you get to. Rabbi Danziger would think of that. You you get to eat the cake. You may get a goodie bag. You may get a present. Um, you get to celebrate. You get to have fun. But it's not your birthday, so you can go to Grandma's house for Christmas and help her celebrate her holiday, and do all the fun stuff or whatever for her holiday or his you know grandparents' holidays. Um, and not feel any less of a Jew because you've been helping your family. And then they can come to your holiday, it's, and it's like your birthday. They come and celebrate and eat the food and have the fun and whatever. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not a competition. It's a joyful time. So. I, I loved how you always told your girls, let's go, let's go help Grandma celebrate yes. her holiday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's lovely. It was, you know. It really helped. It really helped. And, uh, but I have to say, my Catholic mother was probably the most Jewish Catholic mother. <laughs> That's because she loved David. <laughs> so she had five children of her own. She would have given us all up to keep David. So. Wow. In a well, second. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of blessed memory. Hmm. So I want to ask you, um, what are the various reasons people come to you, people come to, to us, mm -hmm. to become Jewish? Because yeah. it's not, the stereotype is, oh, people come just because of relationships. Right. That's the minimum. Yeah. That's the... That's the minority, I should say. Of and that's people. the easiest way to come to us. Uh, right. That is the minority of the minority. Yeah. Most people are searchers. Yeah. They're thinkers and searchers. Mm -hmm. They haven't been, if, if they're coming from a Christian background, they haven't been satisfied with the, uh, the idea of a, of a trinity, of a man slash God, of a virgin birth. They haven't been satisfied with the idea that their salvation hinges on this l one little thing. And um, so most of them, that is what they could never buy. And when they questioned that, were told, just believe. Okay, so we hear this a lot, don't we, yes. Judy? So just believe. And they just couldn't. So they would. So there was a problem with you. You're not believing hard enough. You're right. not believing full enough. Okay, so they, could, they couldn't. They, they couldn't uh, deal with original sin or the fact that heaven was a gated community. <laughs> so those are the kinds of things. Also, many LGBTQ plus people come to us because we're super welcoming that way. I mean, we're just like, yeah, so what? Mm -hmm. Great. Come on. And so we, we do have yes. some folks like that. And um, But mostly I would say there are searchers. And these people, these people mostly think deeply, read a lot. They've probably settled on Judaism after they've experimented with a ton of different places and kinds of Christianity and other things. Right. 
So um, that's really the reason. I mean, they're the search, searching people. They're the questioning people. And we always tell them that, look, it's great that you question because Judaism raises doubt to a holy place. And Judaism is not about the answers. It's about the questions. Not so much about the truths with a capital T, but the small lowercase t truths. Um, Judaism is a, more about how we treat one another. You know, uh, when we always tell them when uh, Ruth was with Naomi, she said, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. What came first? The people, not the God. I also, so, I also think they um, express in their own way that they want to believe the same thing all the time. So yes. in many religions, you believe one thing when you're in the church. Um, you, you believe in their dogma or whatever. But when you leave, it's like, well, I do believe some, something against what the church teaches me. Maybe I believe in birth control or I believe in LGBTQ um, rights or, or whatever it is. And so they have this you know, fight going on within their minds. And they come to Judaism, Reform Judaism, and they're like, wait a minute, I can believe in the temple the same I believe out of the temple. What I, what I learn and study about is what I really feel and I can practice. And so it's like they're finding their true selves. They're not having to pretend one thing when they're in, in religious services, and then, but yet they really believe another thing when they're out. They don't. They say that they don't feel like hypocrites anymore. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, those are, that's what we've heard over yes. the years. And that's how, I mean, grow, that's how I felt too when I, when I came to Judaism. So when, oh, when we, we did say that so many people come without then that family structure, it was easy for me to convert in. I, you know, I did the study, but then I married into the, you know, Bierman family. So, you know, the everything, they, they were very, you know, observant in the home and they were very active here at Temple. So I just, I learned so much from, from them that it was easy for me to move into Judaism. It is difficult to be a solo you know, person coming into Judaism. But I will say that they get together, our, our oh, yeah. they get together amongst each other. They share books, they watch movies together, they call one another or email each other all the time. So they're finding their own mm -hmm. Jewish family inside yeah. of Judaism, that's, inside of their class. That's so. one of the most special things yeah. is the Kahila Kadosha, the holy community mm -hmm. that you create. And uh, it's really a tremendous tragedy that you're, you're planning a trip to go to Israel uh, with yes. all of the inviting all of the people who had been through your program to uh, create, I mean, for those of people listening who have been to Israel, you know what a transformative experience that is, and the people that you go with, uh, you, you come back from Israel, and they're su you suddenly have seen a side of them and connected right. to God and, and each other in a way that you never could have seen before. Yes, and I... And Judy and I, we are not letting that go. Nope. I mean, we will wait out the plague. <laughs> it, it was postponed because of COVID. Yes. yes. We will wait it out. And we, I mean, because it was such a beautifully planned trip. And it was focused on those who are, are new to Judaism or have, you know, come to Judaism. And so, I mean, yeah. we it, it was going to be specific for their yeah. um, their, their The theme needs. was welcome home. Yeah. So, eh. Anyway, now we're hoping maybe we'll do it do, during Sukkot and we'll be able to be in Israel. Right. Uh, Israel during Sukkot yeah. is that's it's fantastic. unbelievable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that from now on, that's be the time of year we always go. Mm -hmm. I don't mind. <laughs> so I want to ask, and, and I think this will probably be our last topic, 
Um, for me, as a rabbi, I've served on a number of Beit Din, Beit Din, mm-hmm. which are, um, it, the literal translation is something like a, a rabbinic court, but really it's, it's a ceremony of affirmation for the process that these people have been through. And after mikvah, which, uh, we, let's actually spend a second talking about mikvah before mm-hmm. uh, we go into this. Mm-hmm. Um, mikvah is a process or, or is a ceremony in which people immerse and um, in, it's, in, it, in, in water. In water, yeah. In, well, why don't you in living water? Here's our mikvah maven. That, I mean, that's, for, um, for yeah. the region, I so the people they do come from all from around. All around. Uh, the rabbis used to nickname me Our Lady of the Mikvah. So, <laughs> so mikvah is a key part of yes. conversion. So, and can you talk about the significance, spiritual significance of mikvah? So the mikvah is a, a ritual bath. It's deep. Um, it's forty seahs of water, or actually I might have that number wrong, but anyway, it is a deep bath, and the water in that bath has to be um, living water. Ma'im chayim. So what does that mean? That could be rainwater collected on the roof and piped in and heated, of course. Uh, it could be melted snow. It could be, it could be a river. It could be a lake, a natural lake. It could be the ocean. Um, so all of these things. Now, what, what is mikvah about? Mikvah is not about body cleanliness. It is about a transformation of your inner status, right? It's a, about a metamorphosis of a kind. So any big life event, you can go to the mikvah for. When you become, when you get married, when you are joining another soul, go to the mikvah, right? You can... Go to the mikvah before high holy days because you are planning on transforming yourself. You can go to the mikvah. Um, you go to the mikvah with um, with conversion. Uh, you can really go to the mikvah for lots of other things. You've done it before. Before chemotherapy starts, mm-hmm. after chemotherapy, mm-hmm. all ends. of these things. Any time you a, have a, a pregnancy. Yes. Any transformation of inner status. Um, some women go monthly. Uh, after their cycle is over, because not because they're dirty, I want to get this out there, but because their their inner status has changed in the sense that they didn't become pregnant, and so right. they're, they're just starting fresh. So um, anyway, it is beautiful. Um, there are lots of, I give them lots of meditations at the mikvah, a meditation for each step in. There are seven, seven steps into the mikvah because there are seven days of creation, and you, that's where you recreate yourself. Um, and um, I will tell you that, that it's rare that people don't cry in the mikvah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty rare because it is a really moving experience for me, and that's why I call myself a mikvaholic. <laughs> um, for me, it is like a, it's a, it is the, qu- the quick fix spiritual moment. It really... And it is one of only two mitzvot in which you immerse yourself. You, you, you immerse yourself, you enter into a sukkah hmm. and a mikvah. So I, I like I how love you it. tell our students when you're in the mikvah for your conversion, every cell of your body is being changed into right. a Jewish cell. Yeah, I see. You, you take on all the memories of our people. Mm-hmm. It was, it, you know, it was, it's as if you were with us at Sinai. Yeah. So um, anyway, it just, for it, it really transformed me as a person when I discovered mikvah, so I wanted to share that. So, that's thank you. A, and it's a spiritual practice n- 
like you said, not just for, for people after their cycle, no. not just for conversion, but it's, it's really a spiritual tool that has gone unused, unfortunately, in the modern period by many American Jews. Because they misunderstand it, thinking that it's about dirt. It exactly. isn't. It is, about, it is about your inner status. So I have many repeat mikvah customers. So. And it can be, it, I like how you said it, it is, uh, marks a change in status, but it can also be an affirmation that you, even if you're not sure that you um, are past a certain trauma, for example, mm -hmm. it, it can actually be an affirmation that you made it to this point. Right. Or if you're still struggling, it, it can be an, an affirmation that, you know what, I'm still here and I'm, I'm not quite over the hump yet, but I'm working through it. And this is a moment of saying, I, as an individual, still matter. Mm -hmm. And I, I recognize, I recognize that I'm in this spot. Exactly. So it is, it is uh, definitely a mindful moment because you have to be completely present in that mikvah. So one of the things I'd like, they, what can't you do underneath the water of the mikvah? You can't breathe, right? And so it is almost like a rebirth when you come up and do get to take mm. yeah, first breath. a breath. Mm. Um, and uh, I have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it really quickly. Um, when I was going to the mikvah and I was sort of nervous and anxious, not about the mikvah, just about my life. And so the mikvah lady would give me little hints. Oh, don't hold your... Don't squeeze your eyes so tight. Let the water get between your fingers. She was this old Israeli lady. She was fantastic. Um, and then one time she said to me, you know, the waters of the mikvah are some of the holiest places on earth. You can ask for anything under the water of the mikvah and will be granted. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's like a Jewish Aladdin's lamp. <laughs> so I had it all planned out for the next month that I went. And I had all this list of things in my mind, and I went, took a deep breath, I went under, and so I started going through my list. And so, you know, important things first. You know, love, life, health, fulfillment, patience, kindness, um, learning, and then guess what I needed? A breath. So it made me realize when I came up, I'm like, oh, she tricked me. The most important things in your life can be enumerated in one single breath. So I, I realized that all the things I had planned, all the other things on that list, boom, out the window. <laughs> so, uh, so that's really when I became a mikvah addict. That's beautiful. <laughs> so. and, and Sally has written beautiful ceremonies for every mikvah need. She really has. Mm -hmm. So let's talk for a moment about... Um, hopefully some specifics, some specific stories. I, I wanted to say at every Beit Dean ceremony of affirmation mm -hmm. I've been to, I, I always cry because you're seeing somebody embrace and affirm a part of their soul that they always either knew was there but couldn't fully inhabit or embody or never was able to see because of different things mm -hmm. that got in their way. To me, seeing somebody embrace their Judaism, become Jewish, is one of, it's the, one of the most rewarding parts of being a rabbi. And it's such an honor. Such an honor to be such a part of. Such an honor. It is to be a part of it. We, I have to say that at the Beit Dean, I feel people are, are at their most raw, their most open, their most 
most pure self. They're, they are sharing and giving all in that moment. Um, their journey, where they are now, it's their, it's, it is just so powerful. I mean, it really is. And they're really nervous. Even though we tell them, don't, it's, it's the best conversation. You're going to, don't be nervous. And then afterwards, they pretty much all say, that was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can see why, you know, sharing somebody's most personal moments is yeah. such an honor. Such, Such an honor. honor. And, they, and we know they go from the Beit Dean, then they go to the mikvah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a whole, you know, afternoon or a whole t- a day of, and then they, then they hold the Torah on the bima that night. So. And it's their Torah. Their Torah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they become a Torah. Yeah. Right. And they find their inner Jew. That's what we say. Oh, you found your inner Jew mm-hmm. when they come to our class. So I, I want to ask you, though, can you share some of your favorite stories about people's transformation. I was talking to actually a conversion student today that was telling me just how she she didn't realize how transformational mm-hmm. this process would be. And, and a lot of her peers are also finding this, finding parts of themselves that they never knew existed, healing wounds that they, right. they didn't expect this process mm-hmm. to heal. Can you share, you know, please feel free wow. to keep it anonymous, <laughs> but. There's so many. Well, so many. Um, I think one of the ones, uh, I'm not going to name anybody's name because that's not nice to do, but somebody whose family had not had good experience with Israel and was worried that he could never truly embrace this because of his family's experiences there. And um, his wife converted before he did, and he he put it off a while, but then came to be so he was drawn to it, and he became very spiritual, and he added a lot to the conversation because of his experiences. And I, to me, that was amazing to be able to overcome that. Um, what do you think about that one? Did, yes, you think definitely. That was pretty amazing. That was a unique journey to Judaism. Definitely it was. And I'm thinking of a past student whose um, husband had had a, a health crisis and um, was left in a you know in a state which you know for a young man was he was not going to live much longer and it was a very difficult time. And she came to us um, to Judaism in her own seek of of her own personal spiritualism and just knowing that her life journey had been so difficult but ho- I hoped that her her time with us and then on conversion and continuing on had given her love support strength um, everything she needed to travel that that difficult road I remember her saying um, that one of the reasons she was drawn to Judaism was how people took care of one another and the mourning practices of mm-hmm. Judaism because she knew that was something that yeah. she was going to have to yeah. deal with. Yeah. Um, that was really interesting. You know, some and, uh, other ones, it's, it's where someone had married a Jewish spouse and they've been living Jewishly with the, the spouse but hadn't made the commitment themselves. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they decided um, that they were ready then now to make that, um, to take that journey, to do the studying, to make that commitment. Um, so they weren't doing it 
to get ready for marriage like I had done so many years ago, but they found that it was the right thing for them as their marriage continued and maybe babies had come in. We've had quite a few who have come to us um, who have been married to a Jewish spouse but decided later on that um, Judaism was right for them. That, that's, um, that's an exciting road, too. Uh, we had a, a Rhodes uh, graduate who was also a police officer and who had spent a semester in Israel, um, uh, I guess in, was it, it might have been archaeology, I'm not sure what he was studying in Israel, but fell in love with it and the people mm -hmm. and said, this is the thing for me. Yeah. And so he, and he, he's, he's no longer in Memphis, but he became very, very active here. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, let's see. Any other cool stories like that? We've had so many people. I think so, uh, here's an interesting one that I really like. People say, well, I've been, I was searching, I was searching, I was searching. Finally, I, I decided I wanted to be Jewish. I'm in this class. I, I go to tell my mom or my dad mm -hmm. that this is happening, and then the mom or dad says, here, I have something to show you. And they pull out some old siddur, some prayer book, and say, this was your grandfather." or grandmothers so or now they're either yes. doing their dna and yeah. they're like they're re realizing that they have 30 percent ashkenazi right. jewish but in even them before or whatever. all the dna stuff yeah. people would come to us with these stories yeah. like i went to, i finally had the nerve to tell my mom and she showed me this thing or right. she or took me to the attic and opened a, 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 wow. a case yeah. so that's happened more than once yeah. mm -hmm. it really has mm -hmm. hmm. And we've had, you know, so many different people come to us, all all races. I mean, we've mm -hmm. we've had quite a few um, um, African American students that I just admire them so much because I know, you know, you're coming to a minority, um, so you're a minority within a minority, and that can be, you know, a unique um, journey also. Mm -hmm. That's true. Chinese. Yes. People. Um, so, I mean, we, we I, and I love that, I love that this is making our temple community much more diverse. Yes. It is. You know, I appreciate these people who want to come to us. We need them. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, our, our community doesn't have a, such a homogenous look anymore, and that makes me very happy. And so many of our grads do then become active. How many religious school teachers do oh we have? Oh, my gosh. So many of our students have become yes. in the religious school mm -hmm. here. Yes. And like we were saying earlier, they, they study Judaism as an adult, right? So they right. bring a certain intellectual understanding that so many people who stop studying Judaism after their bar bat mitzvah unfortunately don't have. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're totally correct. Yep. And I love the moments when they know more than, let's say, their Jewish spouse. Like one example was one woman said, "Oh, I bought a Hanukkah at the gift shop," and I think her husband said, "That's a menorah." And she goes, "And it's a Hanukkah." <laughs> he said, "I don't even know. I don't think that's right." And she goes, "It is right." So it often happens where our one of our students is then teaching the rest of their Jewish family um, information or becoming the matriarchs or patriarchs of that family. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to just thank you so much um, for being here today, but for all that you do for Temple, for all of the people that you serve, and really for the Jewish people as a whole, you, you do a tremendous mitzvah, and we're really lucky to have you. 
Thank you. We wouldn't we have it, it any other way. I know. We, we, will, we will never give this mm -mm. up. <laughs> we mm -mm. love doing it. Well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you, all of you, for listening, for joining us today on Torah to the People. We'll catch you next time. Shalom. 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 <laughs>